Hail and well met, listeners. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick, broadcasting live from the Underdark. We've brought several brave souls down here under completely normal circumstances to compete for the right to see the sun again. <laughs> Ugh, get that mic out of my face. I'm fighting a mushroom right now. I'm Declan fucking Quinn. To be honest, we don't know how many are going to make it. So a tune right in every other week for Mirth, Sin, and Fire Season 1 against the Underdark. In our last episode, our heroes descend into the tunnel system under the West Cleft District of Grackelstug. Exploring the twists, turns, and branches of the tunnel system, they come across their old comrade Buppy Doe, this time covered in blood and surrounded by humanoid remains. Although Declan attempts a joyful reunion, Bupido attacks him, summoning skeletons from within the piles of gore. A brawl ensues in which Eric slays Bupido with a trio of scorching rays, and the skeletons are dispatched. The ghost of one of Bupido's victims rises from the ground, thanking the group for avenging him and asking our heroes to take on just one more side quest, returning a portion of his remains to his own town far away from Grakostug. Eric graciously tells the ghost exactly where he can shove his side quest, while Declan agrees to carry the animated hand belonging to the ghost's former body on the off chance he should come across the ghost's hometown. Faced with room after room of unpleasantness in the treacherous tunnel system, Eric hatches the plan of retreating from the dungeon, getting a good night's sleep, purchasing an embarrassing amount of oil, pouring it into the dungeon, and lighting it ablaze. Given their recent experiences, the group could only agree. So, we return to our heroes, seeing them rested and warming their hands on the remnants of the burning dungeon. Alright, so four barrels of oil poured down the tunnels and then ignited with a casual firebolt. Yes. So even the murky water in front of you in the pool is aflame with all the oil that's been dumped in here. As you watch the fire travel down the hallways, eventually you hear almost a roar and a kind of a hot wind comes blasting out of the tunnel where you previously had the dead bodies and whatnot. So that smell is also pretty rancid. To the left in that small room with the narrow crevice, there was a bunch of the fungus so that also catches fire and smells absolutely wonderful. Most of the oil close to you guys burns off quick enough, but in the tunnel to your right, there is still a bunch of cooking body parts and a pretty acrid black smoke coming from the tunnels beyond where you saw the dance. We were not given a time frame for, for doing this, this particular mission, so uh, I have no reason to rush down there. We'll let it burn for a while. Yeah, we thought the burning has ended. Mm-hmm. That'll take a little bit, but it does eventually happen. There's still quite a bit of smoke coming from the tunnels, but no heat. Okay, as long as we remain relatively low, we should be fine. Sounds like a plan. Advancing through the tunnels, the room is now inhabited only by the corpses of two quagoths, burnt beyond any kind of recognition. All other plant life in this is reduced to smoldering ash. Just beyond it is a tunnel that is 
coated, swathed in ash. There was clearly a lot of fungal growth in this particular part of the tunnel, now reduced to dust and dirt. Take out your bastard shrooms. <laughs> the path comes to a T intersection, leading to the right or to the left. There's no discernible difference between either. I've always been partial to right. Uh, start with the right and hug the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This tunnel goes quite a bit before it starts looping back on itself and then splits. One path going to the left and one to the right. To the left, you can hear strange, a strange assortment of noise ranging from kind of a banging to a rumble. To the right, you don't hear anything. The tunnel seems on the right to branch branch again very soon. You go there, so there would be another choice of left or right. Well, again, I am always partial to right, but you know what? That silence feels a little sinister to me. Okay, chances are we're going to have to explore the entire thing. They've obviously carved it into, if not a maze, just an exercise in really, really poor dungeons. So why don't we put a hand on the right wall and continue to follow it? We will eventually get to the room on the left. Alrighty. Okay. So if you continue to follow the right and then right again when you when the passage forks, eventually you're going to come to a wide open room, tallest room in the cavern, probably a ceiling of about 50 feet high. And at the center is a large pool of water, perfect clear blue, filled by water trickling from the stalactites on the ceiling. There are two paths here. Basically, it, you could continue down the ramp you're on, which leads to another tunnel, or you could go around the pond's base and under the path you're on right now. Hmm. Ranger path? I'm up for it. I'll follow you. I'm just walking at this point in time. Sure. We'll go, I guess, under. Okay. Alrighty then. <sighs> so you guys travel around past this path. Again, just your right wall reach what looks like a door. Or what was a door, at least. It's really just a smoldering lump of wood and steel that you push past until you enter a cavern that smells, reeks of death and decomposed flesh. There's a single Darrow in the room watching from atop a 15-foot ledge on the far end, but he seems to be watching something in the pit and cheering. This might be where Dinky lives. It might. Just a guess. There appears to be a tunnel to your left that you could take, so you don't have to go anywhere near it. And that seems to be the only other way out of this. Might be able to get close enough to see what's in the pit. If you sneak towards the edge and look over, you see seven zombies in the pit fighting each other. Looks like this is a zombie fighting arena. Well, that's fun. But there's only one guy watching. Hmm, small crowd. I'll leave him to it. So you guys just want to continue down the other way? Yeah. H how far away is the guy on the ledge? It's about 50 feet away. Ledge is right over the pit? Yep. Oh, God, I gotta make a roll. Eric's having a bad day. <laughs> Eric's having such a bad day. Ah, uh, God. No, I'm, uh, I'm gonna use Press's digitation to make a little explosion sound right behind the guy's head. 
Okay. Jeez, With the yeah. intent of scaring him, I presume. With the intent of shocking him enough that he jumps forward, perhaps off the ledge into the pit. Yeah, you all have snuck into this room. Eric just whispers a word, snaps his finger, something, and there's a little bang from somewhere in the cavern and a yelp from this guy as he does leap forward almost as to evade, topples on the edge of the ledge for a second and loses his balance and falls down. One thing I forgot to mention about this pit is that it's aligned with spikes to prevent things from crawling out, one of which he manages to get himself impaled on. Ooh. It's one less darrow in the world. There is no way I could have stopped myself from doing that. I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, that's funny. <laughs> Hilarious. Off to the tunnel, then. Yeah. So you continue down this pathway and reach another set of double doors that seem to be charred, but is still standing. They seem to be locked. The only other way is to go down a tunnel to your right. Declan? If you'd be so kind. Um, well, I suppose I could take a crack at it. And I'm going to take a crack at it. Do it. Ooh, dirty 20. You managed to pick the lock. Good job. And now I get to read a box text for you since this room was protected. <laughs> After a steady upward climb, the tunnel opens in a well-lit chamber. The glow of fares wrists and bioluminescent foam with shafts of white light that fall upon natural rocky mesa at the center of this cavern. Crudely formed ramps connect the different levels of the mesa up to the height of its two topmost tiers, which are linked by a sturdy bridge. Atop one of those tiers sits a large red egg. Atop the other stands a 50-foot-tall obelisk made of smooth black metal with a few noticeable imperfections, as though small parts of it were somehow chipped away. A female darrow stands close to the obelisk, gently patting and stroking its surface. The obelisk flashes once, the glow of phaserous around the cavern flaring in response. The darrow squeals with glee as she snatches an object up from the ground, and then write something down in a small notebook. I'm thinking whatever that obelisk is, we should probably break it. I'm trying to be measured and controlled now. God, I'm doing badly at it, too. Yeah, it's making things. I'd like to see her notes. Yeah, let's uh talk to her. A after you, you're good at talking to people. I will uh, step up to the Darrow. Hi there. So the Darrow is atop the two tiers, the top tiers of this mesa. She's quite a few feet above you. Okay. So you would have, so you could call out to her at the top of the op, but you wouldn't be able to like. How how far would you say? She is about twenty feet above you. Okay, that's that's in range. Um, uh, unless you'd like to be right next to her, Brittany. No, no, it's fine. I would like to cast Enthrall, which is a DC 16 wisdom saving throw. DC 16? Yes. And what are the effects of Enthrall? Sorry. She's just charmed by me. Okay. So is this kind of like a charm person spell then? It's just like a second level charm person. Okay. So she regards you as a friendly acquaintance then? Yeah. Okay, well, that's exactly what happens. As soon as you walk in, she turns and goes, 
Yeah, Welcome and- to the inner cavern. Oh, thank you. By the way, she has disadvantage on perception checks made to perceive any creature other than me for the next minute. Of course, because you're so shiny. Yeah, that's a that's a part of enthrall. Hi! Yeah, thanks so much for the welcome. This is such a cool obelisk. I bet you know all about it. Actually, I don't. I'm tempting to figure out exactly what it does. Maybe I can assist you. Of course. You seem, if you're half as intelligent as you are beautiful. Oh, you charmer. Thank you. This is a female, by the way. Yes, yeah, I figured. And hey, Brittany's flirts with everyone. (laughs) She's going to be like, like kind of flag her down. Like, why don't we uh, look over your notes together? Yes, yes, come on up. There are stairs on the other side. Oh, excellent. And she'll rush up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So the second set of stairs takes you right past the dragon, which is, I should say, four feet tall and three feet in diameter. Oof. Ah, probably not going to fit in our bags of holding. Mm, darn. Uh... We'll figure something out. Oh, wait. What if we, Walker, what if we did the shrinky mushroom on it? Like, rubbed the shrinky mushroom. Oh, it? yeah. Eh? Eh? Just rubbed all over. Yes. As soon as the opportunity arises, Declan's gonna give it a, uh, a mushroom rub. <laughs> well, anyway, you approach this character who begins prattling on. Uh, are you attempting to do anything else with her? Otherwise, she's just going to give you a long, rambling monologue. Oh. I'm going to also try and see if she'll... I'm like, oh, is that a real dragon? Making sure that it's real and not, like, a fake or something like that. Yes, we stole it from the Keepers of the Flame. But you must keep that secret. Of course. It's part of our plan to take over Gracklestug. Ah, well, if I run into any of them, I'll tell them that... The dragon egg was broken, and the dragon inside was dead. That way, they won't even bother looking for it anymore. A wonderful lie. Indeed. And then I'm just going to distract her while the boys do their their stuff. Yeah, so I'd like to sneak up to the egg and mm-hmm. uh, give it a mushroom rub. Are you just attempting to rub a mushroom on it? I'm going to rub the, the blue shroom. One of the blue shrooms all over it. Okay, so yeah, the the egg, once it comes in contact with kind of the spores, things start smearing and smushing into a paste, and the egg does shrink. Yay! Fantastic, it's going in my bag. So it, it will shrink enough that you can fit it in the bag. It's still absurdly heavy, but it shrinks. You know, I didn't even need to make you make stealth checks or anything to get up to this thing. <laughs> have disadvantage on her perception checks yeah let me let me see i'm staying down below in eyesight of her just in no case. she she cannot see you at work declan she's obsessed with showing Brittany this notebook as you work. <laughs> grab the egg and i guess you're just leaving oh yeah i'm here for what i came for i do want to learn about the obelisk. like is there anything like important or value about Yes, so are are you proficient in Arcana? Yes, I am, actually. Wow, okay. 
you understand that the obelisk is made from some kind of alien metal, something not native to Toral. And those fractures in its side are leaking quasi-magical energy of some kind. Huh. So by feeding energy into it, you might be able to activate its magic and take advantage of it. Hmm. Is that something I could do right now? Yep. Ooh, I want to try that. I want to try. What do I roll? What do I do? You would just have to spend a spell slot while touching the obelisk. I'm going to do it. Okay. So you rest your hand on it, and it feels almost like it's vibrating. And you hear almost a distant humming sound, almost, uh, I want to describe it, whale noises. Okay. In the distance. And as soon as you start feeding your bardic musical energy, your energy, your aura begins to harmonize with it, and you feel yourself vibrating with the obelisk. Ooh. Ooh. And then, all of a sudden, in a blink, everyone, all of you, suddenly vanish no. from the room. Ooh. Sorry, guys. That's the worst Guys, look what I got. Says <laughs> is having to walk back out, at least for the moment. Okay. When you guys reappear, you're discombobulated for a moment. And then you look around the bend of the tunnel you guys are in and see the gates of Gracklestug from the outside. Oh, well, oh. that's convenient. Do, do we even have any reason to go back in? I mean, we've got the egg. Um, no. The obelisk seems like it might be something kind of dangerous, but unless someone has a compelling reason otherwise, I'm going to chalk that up to not our problem. Yeah. Chalk away. Well, let's, let's go if, well, okay, well, while we're outside the city, this seems like as good a place to talk this over as any. Are we going to tell the dragon that the egg was broken? Uh. Stand with that plan? Yeah. Hey. Just making sure uh, we're on the same be, page. It might, might be good to, like. One second. Yeah, yeah, we can totally do that. I got another enthrall on me if I need to. Okay. Yeah, she's still with you. I, I forgot to give you her name. Her name is Plinky. Plinky? Oh, that's adorable. Yes, Plinky. Plinky. She says she is a savant. Okay. We've met a savant now, guys. Hmm. Not a gray ghost. She's a savant. You guys aren't working in tandem with the gray ghosts, are you? Mm-hmm. No, no. No, uh, the savants are, are weak. They're useless. I'm the only one who sees any, any worth in what we're doing. I am a gray ghost at heart before I am a savant. I still have the powers and the privilege, but I'm enacting real change. I can see that. Now, uh, why are we outside the city again? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brittany, from your experience with the obelisk, you get the distinct feeling that that wasn't really what the obelisk is meant to do. Really? What you did there was kind of a... A fluke. You felt almost like you were getting close to something when you were touching it, and then you just blinked away. Something tore you away. What? That, um, the potency and the nature of that teleportation, like, that teleportation effect is repeatable. Like, you could touch that obelisk and something else, and something about that obelisk, maybe because it's broken, isn't working quite right. 
So you could touch that thing next time and it might explode or something like that. You guys were incredibly lucky. Oh, I will not explain this to her, but I will, let, I, I will let my friends know, but not, not, um, what's her name? Plinky. Plinky. Yeah. So there's a chance you put energy into it and it explodes. Yeah, but we'd, we'd explode along with it. Like explodes bigly. Not not necessarily bigly, like in the sense that we would like cast fireball on you. Damn it. Okay. It wouldn't be a constructive explosion. That that. Okay, so you couldn't just drop the city with it, right? Unfortunately, not. Yeah, because I I I'd take that hit. Uh, I'm having I, a terrible day. I think. Yeah, I think you are. Maybe you should go to take take a rest. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm 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 starting to become offended by the fact that some of these cities' bricks are on top of other bricks. You know what I mean? Sure. I'd like to lay it out in all one nice even layer. So but, are we gonna actually return to speak to the dragon, or are we planning on just running out of here while we have the egg? Well, he's, we we talk to the dragon and fool the dragon. Then the dragon talks to the forge people. And the Forge people talk to the captain, and the captain fulfills the contract. So we've got this chain of events that have to occur if we're going to get escorted out of the Underdark. I see. All right, let's hop to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 go. Maybe we shouldn't bring it with us. You know, let's tell them that Declan died during the process. I mean, we, we still need Declan to come with us when they escort us out, though. So. That's very true. Okay, so, Maybe yeah. we could say that Declan was um, distraught by the sight of the dead body. Eh. Or, or, or we... Yeah, because we don't really have any place to put it. Unless one of us is with it. Yeah, I... I don't know. Declan, what do you want to do? Hmm. I can always say that I just got terribly injured. Yeah. Yeah, and then when we when we're getting when we're getting let out, and you're bringing the person to come and get me, I can be there chugging what appears to be a potion, and I'm like, "Hey guys, my legs all healed. The bone popped back in after I drank this potion." Okay. We're our our plan involves lying to a dragon to begin with, so it's it's as good a part of it as any. Yeah. What can so go what about, wrong? What about Plinky? We're just gonna ditch her, probably. I would have imagined she was already on her way running back to the obelisk. Well, there's no way to get back in the city through the gates, and so she would be running over there, yeah. We're, we're, we're just going to watch as Plinky leaves. Mm-hmm. We're dead. Well, I'm not running after her. We're going to leave the loose end? That's true. Do you think she has that many friends she's going to be sharing this story about? Fewer now that we torch the dungeon, but she was kind of at the crux point between two of the secret societies and the person in their holy of holies. She's probably one of the people towards the top of both of these things. And Just... those people are a bunch of Daryl hiding out in the underbelly of an underbelly city. You know, By the time right. they figure out there's been deception, we'll be long gone. Not our problem. You're right. Let's do this thing. Okay. You guys approach the gate. And are stopped by Adaro, just asking your business Stug. I'll hold up my badge. I'm on business for the The badge city. is enough to get you in. Excellent. Once you get in, the Darrow's like, 
I'll take you. Uh, I'll take you straight to Erde Black Skull. Uh, Skull. Actually, we are on a job for her at the moment and need to complete that before we go see her. Yeah. What job will that be? It's confidential. You'll you'll have to ask her that. I am operating in her confidence. Whereabouts do you need to go? You're asking an awful lot of questions. I need oh. to know your business and where you are going. Uh, you are an I... outsider. You will be. Your location will be tracked. I'm an outsider with the captain's confidence. I'll pull out a notebook. What's your name? What do you want to know for? Well, you're asking an awful lot of questions. Someone who has the captain's confidence, who's already wow. told you that I'm on a mission that requires her confidence to do. So, what's your name, and why are you so interested? My name is Rockith. Right, write it down. Clan Zondorn. Okay. I'm not afraid to have you bring my name before Black Skull. She Good. wants to know your whereabouts. If she asks, I'm where she sent me. I can't allow you to just go unescorted. You know what? Just just go. Go 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 through the dark lake district. If you're caught on the other side of the wall, the others will be less patient than me. I can assure you. Go about your business. I'll put a little check mark next to his name. Thank you. Your cooperation has been noted. And Carry on. Where are you all headed? Back to the... Well, okay. That's a good question. So, where are we going from here? Uh, I believe we're... Declan's probably going back to the inn. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I are going back to the forge? Yeah. Okay. So, that is on the other side of the wall. Flashing your badge will get you an escort, but they don't allow you to travel through that unescorted. That's fine. They take you over to... So are you reporting to Themberchode first, or the key? The, um, dragon. Themberchode. I'm gonna go to Themberchode first. Yeah. What a name. I know. I, I constantly, in my head, the Ember Chode. Or, or yeah. Thunder... Or, or Thunderchode. Yeah, or Thunder I, Chode. I think Thunderchode. <laughs> it's... It's... Yeah. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. T-H-E-M-B-E-R... C-H-A-U-D. Anyway, you are... The two guards are let you walk. You find him awake. He snorts up. Oh, welcome back. There are fewer of you than I remember. One of us was injured. Hmm. What, uh... What news do you bring? Well, we went deep into the tunnel where we discovered a dragon egg. Mm-hmm. The shell was broken. The underdeveloped baby dragon inside had been slain. Ah, wonderful. Good to know. You have done well. I, uh, your loyalty shall not go unrewarded. And he plunges a hand into his horde, and between two or three talents, he pulls out two small vials, which he reaches down and passes to you. Thank you. What are these? I don't know. There are so many bottles in this mix. I hope you enjoy whatever. Ah, well, thank you. You are mm. too kind. Thank you. Of course. I hope you'll relay the same sad news to the keepers of the... Oh, we will. Yeah. 
No other news to relay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now be off, be off, to get back to... We will, uh, take our leave. As you come out, you are greeted by Gartoker, the leader of the Keeper of the Flame, who said, I heard the echoes of Thembachode's voice. Did you speak with him? Uh, what, what happened? What is the development? What have you learned? Well, we went deep into the cavern, and we found out who stole the egg. And what happened to it? Hmm. We have very sad, unfortunate news. Don't tell me. What the, we the think. Egg? Broken. And <laughs> the, uh, I've never seen, I had never seen an underdeveloped baby dragon corpse before today. And she kind of like <laughs> stares off in the distance, like the thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Hmm. It's awful. Our city is... We'll be ruined soon if we don't get another. <sighs> Castle's great ghosts. Oh, this is war. This is proof enough. This is proof enough. We will we will have soldiers marching down their throats before long. Your uh, cooperation is well appreciated. Your word will be passed the word will be passed on to Captain Black Skull. I believe you were promised an escort. Yes. Yes we were. We'll send four guards with you to take you up to the surface. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you. And he'll wheel away, and the two guards who previously escorted you take you back to the Dark Lake District, where indeed, after only a few minutes' wait, four guards approach you, all in kind of adventuring gear, different guards' uniform, both of them indicating that they're your escorts who will lead you at least most of the way to the surface. There is a point at which they stop, but it should be pretty easy for you to navigate to the surface on your own from that point. That would be love. Great. See if our companion has recovered from his wounds. Declan? Yes. Yes, when they return, I am chugging the last bits of water out of an empty potion jar. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a rally web up my leg a bit. Oh, good to, good to see you guys back. I drank this potion. I'm feeling much better. Who are these fine folks you got with you? Uh, these would be our escort out. Oh, wonderful. It's uh, it's going to be good to be able to walk again on this leg. I'm sure it is. By the way, the three potions, I meant to describe them. One is an amber liquid with several floating things. It looks like there's a tooth, a spider, uh, a scorpion's tail, and a tiny heart that is still beating, if you watch it closely enough. Yikes. One is filled with a clear, watery liquid with some cloudy impurities, and it looks like it's straining against the cork. Like, the bottom of the, the, the flask actually has is empty. The, the liquid is trying to get out of the flask. Goodness. The last one has a more gelatinous viscosity, and it is, it's also clear, but inside you see tiny, ultra-thin silver shards. Ooh. These Dwergar are actually going to take you out. This just came in and march you up. Uh, it's time to head towards the surface. And now, presented live in front of a studio audience, it's Nick at Night with your host, Nick!
Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And welcome to our show. We have an absolutely stacked schedule for you folks tonight, but we're coming out of the gates swinging with a guest who has been widely requested for a while now. That's right. Please welcome Brittany Tears. Aw, thank you all. Mwah, mwah. Brittany, uh, welcome to the show. I hear you have a lot on your hands with this against the underdark business going on right now. How's that been going? <laughs> oh, Nick, not starting off on a high note with this interview, are we? You must not have been keeping up with the show, or you would know not to ask about my latest trauma. <laughs> wow, that bad, huh? I'll admit, I'm lagging behind a few episodes, but man, that Declan character is something else. His, uh, his hijinks really got your group in some hot water a couple of times. He certainly tested my patience, but I'd like to see you do better when you have three beholders bearing down on you or are fending off a school of flesh-eating fish people. Now, you didn't bring me on the show just to dish on my male castmates, did you? Of course not. We all know what the audience wants to hear about. Your new album, Snake Hair Don't Care. Now, this is your debut LP. Hot off the success of your single, All That Glitters Is Mine. What can we expect on the rest of the tracks? Well, Nick, this album emerged at a time of growth for me. I've survived so much that would kill lesser people. Looking back on it all, I ask myself, what saved me? What gave me the drive to stay alive? And there was only one answer that made any sense. My ambition. I'm operating at maybe hmm, 1% of my potential right now. I have like no ceiling and being dead is a hard cap on my dreams. I'm not about to let that happen. I love it. I love it. So I know we don't want to let men steal the spotlight here in your interview, but I couldn't help noticing that one of your tracks is named My Fire, but not My Flame. This wouldn't happen to be a reference to Eric Severin from the show, would it? It's about power, Nick. I understand if that's a bit beyond your ken. I draw power from a lot of places, and fire has happened to play an important part in my life to date. Full stop. All right, all right. Didn't mean to overstep there. So. Tell us more about the themes that tie your music together. Well, I'm excited to say that after much encouragement, my producers have managed to translate my performance magic onto the recording, so you can be charmed by me every time you listen. I'm so excited to receive your pledges of undying loyalty. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But you're not just going to talk about this album, right? You mean a performance? Oh no, I couldn't. Come on. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, sir, could you could you sit back down, please, sir? Oh, oh, oh my goodness, that's a door door assassin. For the love of, hey you, yes you, you dipshit! I'm trying to perform here. <laughs> God. Burger are the worst. Dirty, rude, and really poorly timed all the time. It's like they've never heard of tempo. Uh, Brittany, there's more. Ugh. They're probably mad about the last few days we spent in their dingy hometown. 
Look, you're the ones hosting a dragon and hoping he doesn't get mad at you and burn your city down. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. That's all for this episode of Mirth, Sin, and Fire. Our cast is Scott as Eric Severin, Walker as Declan Quinn, and Candace as Brittany. I'm Nick, your DM, signing off until next time. Thanks for listening to me, uh, line! If you liked that... Alright, if you like that, uh... Visit the... I know! Visit... Um... The Lair Action. Action. Com. You're welcome. God.